I put da Daniel, push I play. Did. I did. Oh, you did push play? Welcome okay. back, everybody. So today we're going to talk about Mosiah. Yeah, you guys, today we're Mosiah 7 through 10. I have to start by apologizing for last week because I totally and completely just forgot about chapter 6. I'm not really sure how that happened. I think I was just really excited about what I was teaching, and then I was just like, that's it. It's over. And there was chapter 6. So from chapter 6, we did learn that um, Mosiah now has taken the reign. Now, he was 30 years old when he started. So he was very young, in my opinion. Um, and then three years later, King Benjamin died. So we see all that in chapter 6. Thank you. Okay, so you know we're all home. We've got our families around us. Life just looks a little bit different, but it's still so much fun. Hi. And we just love having the kids with us. So we're just going to do things a little bit different today. Okay, so for this part, for the beginning of seven, we are going to have Sadie kind of explain what is happening. Okay. Or what's going to happen. So Can go ahead, take I'm it. I'm going to explain and take over right now. So the Nephites lived in the land of Nephi. And Messiah one lead the people of um, the land of Nephi to the land of Zarahemla. But Zenith lead a group of Nephites back to the land of Nephi. Yes, Katie, perfectly. I'm well done. Perfect, wiggly, perfect. I'm drawing a wiggly tree. So, now, the reason why they call it the land of Zarahemla is because they found the people of Zarah, um, the people of Zarahemla there, if you guys remember that story. So, you'll find that in Omni, if you guys want to go check, check out and remember this kind of part of the story. When Mosiah leads the people to the land of Zarahemla, they find the people of Zarahemla there. The people of Zarahemla also known as the Mulekites, because Mulek was um, Zedekiah's son. If you guys remember, um, Lehi left Jerusalem the first year of the reign of Zedekiah. Eleven years later, Zedekiah gets taken captive into Babylon, and his son and a group of people leave for the Americas, and they are the people of Zarahemla, okay? So they get here to the Americas, and they meet a man, Coriantumr, who is the very last surviving Jaredite. So also, Messiah has this opportunity um, to, um, by the gift of God, because he's a seer, to be able to um, read the, the rock, the stone that Coriantumr had his history on. So that's pretty cool. So anyway, the Nephites are now allowed Zarahemla, and Zenith is going to lead the people back. Now there's a first group that goes back with a different man, and we're going to read his story as a leader, and that is that ends up in a bloody war, and that just a lot of them die. And those that those few that come back to the land of Zarahemla, um, they come back and then Zenith takes again a group back out. So this is kind of Zenith's mm -hmm. second try to head back up to the land of Nephi. Okay, and then we're gonna see what happens with that later. So that this is the group right here, Zenith's group yep. that um, Mosiah is gonna be thinking of in yep. verse one when it says, And now it came to pass that after King Mosiah had had continual peace for the space of three years. He was desirous to know concerning the people who went up to dwell in the land of Lehi-Nephi. And that's the Zenith and his people that had left. Or in the city of Lehi-Nephi. 
for his people had heard nothing from them from the time they left the land of Zarahemla. Therefore they wearied him with their teasings. So he, as this good man, is very concerned about his people that have left and gone back up to the land of Lehi Nephi or, or just known as Nephi. Either one is fine. Um, so he's concerned. So he wants to go and find them because they haven't heard from them. Um, so he's going to send 16 men and one of them is going to be Ammon. Um, also known as Ammon 1. <laughs> this is yep. the first. There's, uh, there's another Ammon later. Ammon so first. Ammon and these men are going to head out looking for um, these um, these people back at Lana Nephi. But I just want to say this is a really fun part to stop and think about our own lives because their journey is kind of... Um, so let's start in verse 4. And now they knew not the course they should travel in the wilderness to go up to the land of Lehi-Nephi. Therefore they wandered many days in the wilderness. Even 40 days did they wander. So I think about our lives. A lot of times we have a clear mission. We have a clear, you know, direction. Like we're like, okay, I know I want to do, let's just throw genealogy out there for kicks and giggles. Let's just say, I know I want to do genealogy, right? I have this clear vision of what I want to do. They had a clear purpose. They were going to go back to the land of Nephi and find these people. But they didn't know what way to go. They didn't know how to get there. And I think so often in our lives, we come across those like hurdles, right? And so they're wandering. Um, and the Lord's aware of them, and he's going to help them on their journey. But it's just um, as we relate the scriptures to our own lives, they, come, they become more real to us. And I think for us so often, at least for me, I have these like, ideas in my head but getting there sometimes I spend a lot of time in the wilderness wandering I don't know about you guys <laughs> I spent a lot of time wandering I am a wanderer in the wilderness for sure so anyway but they do no it's okay but they do get there and um so let's see here um Ammon takes three Ammon and three others go up to to the um to the city and there the king um, he's actually right there, and he takes them and he puts them in prison. They're in prison for two days, um, and then he's going to have them come to him. And he's kind of confused. He's like, "I don't know why you guys even attempted to come near our, our walls when I was right there." Right? He's like, "So he wants to know their story." So he's like, "Tell me your story. What's going on? Who are you?" Um, now, Lemhi, maybe I should bring the um, the board back up so I can kind of show you the. Okay, so we brought our board back up so we can show you guys how this kind of looks. So this is kind of the um, progression. So we had Mosiah 1. He mm -hmm. was the one that led them from the land of Nephi to the land of Zarahemla. He had a son, King Benjamin, who we love. He does. He, he gave us that hey. wonderful speech that we love talking about we a couple weeks ago. King Benjamin. And then King Benjamin had a son, Mosiah. Now this is highlighted because this is the one we're at right now. He is the one that's concerned about those who had went back to the land of Nephi. Now, land of Nephi. We started out with Zenith. He was the one that led them back to Lana Nephi. He had a son, King Noah, which we're going to find out later about him. He is a wicked man, and he his story is um, there's this wonderful prophet Abinadi that he ends up killing, and so we're going to learn all about his story in, in a future time. So Zenith's son is King Noah, and then King Noah has Lemhi. Now Lemhi is a good man, and so he is the one right now that um, King Mosiah sends Ammon and the people to find these guys and they're going to meet King Lemhi. Okay, so we've gone down a couple generations and this is where we're at. Um, and we're going to continue on with our story. Okay, so let's let mommy tell us her story and she'll tell us it really well. <laughs> okay, so Ammon's going to introduce himself to the king. Now this is a really good introduction. He says, 
For I am assured that if you had known me, you would not have suffered that I have. I should have worn these bands. This is in verse 13. For I am Ammon, am a descendant of Zarahemla, and have come up out of the land of Zarahemla to inquire concerning our brethren, whom Zenith brought up out of that land. So he was a descendant of Zarahemla. If you remember, the people of Zarahemla were in that land before Mosiah and the Nephites got there, okay? And he says, I am here, I've been sent um, to, you know, discover Zenith and his people, which King Lemhi is a descendant of. Um, so when King Lemhi hears this, he is so excited, you guys, because he had, he, they had gone looking for them, which we'll talk about in just a second. But he is so excited to hear this. They have been wanting to find the people of Zarahemla. He is so excited, so he gathers his people. He rejoices and he gathers his people. Oh, he frees them, first of all, he frees them. Um, and he tells them this incredible story. Um, but I just want to read this really part in verse 18. Okay, this is so good. We're going, to re we're going to kind of relate this to our own lives. He says, Oh, ye, my people, lift up your heads and be comforted. And I want you to think about whatever, wherever you are in life, whatever you're dealing with, this verse is good. This is one, a good one for you. Um, lift up your head and be comforted. For behold, the time is at hand or is not far distant when we shall no longer be in subjection to our enemies. Whatever that enemy looks like for you. Um, fear, uncertainty, um, anxiety, whatever it is. Notwithstanding our many strugglings, which have been in vain, yet I trust there remaineth an effectual struggle to be made. 19. Therefore, lift up your heads and rejoice and put your trust in God. So, I love this because here he there's hope. This is a verse of hope and he's saying there's a little bit of a struggle to remain. I, I, I can see this is not over right now. We've got a journey, but there is so much hope, you guys. There is hope in the future. The people of Zarahemla have found us and now we have hope. And he says, lift up your heads and rejoice. I love that. And put your trust in God. Is our trial, are our trials over? No, but put your trust in God. Trust him. There is hope. This is such a beautiful hope verse. I love this one so much. I have it highlighted because wherever we're at in life, I just feel like it's a good one. So he is so excited. And then he's going to tell the people their story. He's going to give them like, this is, this is our story. And you've got to read these verses. I'm not going to read them all to you today, but read the story here. And he's going to kind of go through their journey. Um, and he's even going to talk about this prophet Abinadi, whom his father had killed. And he's going to kind of talk about how, you know, <laughs> um, you know, killing off the prophet was not a good move, right? So now we're in chapter 8, and now Ammon's going to speak to the people, and he's going to give them kind of like a history, give them um, what's been happening. So let's go in verse 2. And he caused that Ammon should stand up before the multitude and rehearse unto them all that had happened unto their brethren from the time that Zenith went up out of the land, even until the time he himself had come up to the land. Verse 3. And he also rehearsed unto them the last words which King Benjamin had taught. So he gets up there and he tells them what's all that's happened in the land of Zarahemla since they left. And he tells them the words of King Benjamin, which is awesome. Now, Ammon really wants, he dismisses the people and he want, he gives them an account and he says in verse 5, And it came to pass, he caused that the plates which contained the record of his people from the time that they left the land of Zarahemla should be brought before Ammon that he should read them. We are going to get to read that record. How cool is that? That is in um, 9 through 22. So we're going to get to start some of that today. Okay, so that's super exciting that we get to read the record. Now, he also wants to know if Ammon can interpret languages because he has some plates that he really 
wants Ammon to interpret. Now I'm gonna bring my board back up and kind of show you where he got these plates. Okay, so I know this isn't fancy, my cute little board here, but we're just gonna go with it. So let's talk about what happens here. So Lemhi, he had just rehearsed unto his people why they were under bondage, and it's because of their wickedness. And he's saying the Lord's not wasn't gonna protect us because we were wicked, and we know King Noah was wicked. So they're in bondage. Well, he takes the he takes um, he's now king. And he wants to help his people, so he sends people from, because they're in the land of Nephi here, he wants to send them back to find the land of Zarahemla to get help. But the, his men get lost somewhere along the way. They don't make it to the land of Zarahemla. And they find this land of bones, which is from the Jaredites. Now, if you remember, um, back on my very first board, the, the people of Zarahemla had come across Coriantumr, who was the last surviving Jaredite. So, they're all, this area is, you know, Jaredite land, apparently. So they find this land of bones, and in order to prove that they found this land of bones, they brought back to King Lumhai all kinds of things, breastplates and all kinds of stuff, but they also bring back these 24 plates that they found that is a history of the people here, um, which is awesome because we get to read that history also in the Book of Mormon and Ether. So super excited about that. Um, so we get to read all these different accounts kind of interwoven in the Book of Mormon. So that's pretty awesome. So Lumhai is asking Ammon, do you know how to interpret? Because we really want to interpret these 24 plates that we have that my men found while they were on the way to um, the land of Zarah Zarahemla to get help. But they got stuck. They didn't find it. So Ammon says, I don't, I don't know how, but I know somebody who knows how. Now, if you guys remember, Mosiah, when they got to the land of Zarahemla, they had that rock with engravings on it from Coriantumr, and he was able to interpret it by the power of God. So Ammon knows that Mosiah has the gift from God. He's a seer and can interpret them. So they begin to talk about what a seer is, and it's pretty awesome. So he tells them about uh, Mosiah, and the king says, and the king said that a seer is greater than a prophet. That's um, verse 15 and 16. And Ammon said that a seer is a revelator and a prophet also. And a gift which is greater can no man, sorry, I gotta turn my page, have except he should possess the power of God, which no man can. Yet a man may have great power given him from God. 17. But a seer can know of things which are past, and also things which are to come, and by them shall all things be revealed, or rather shall, shall secret things be made yes. manifest, and hidden things shall yes. come to light. It goes on a little bit, but I just want to say how incredible it is that we have prophets, seers, and revelators on earth today, and what a comfort it is to know that they are true prophets, seers, and revelators, and that they have that gift and power from God. So that's a great comfort to me. Um, and I love reading about what what it is what it is that a seer can do what that what that power looks like. Um, so Lemhi recognizes the hand of God in all this, and I want to read that in verse nineteen. It says, "This is Ammon's or um, Lemhi speaking. Doubtless, a great mystery is contained within these plates, and these interpreters were doubtless prepared for the purpose of unfolding all such mysteries to the children of God." So he recognizes that these interpreters that's going to help Mosiah interpret the plates is from God. And that it's all this beautiful plan of our great our great Father in Heaven. Um, so that we might have these incredible records. So it's pretty awesome. Okay, you guys. Now we're going to get into chapter 9. Now, chapter 9 through 22 is the um, 
Zenith Record, the people of Zenith Record. So that's pretty awesome that we get to read their stories. So remember, they left the land of Zarahemla, they've gone up to the land of Nephi, and this is their story. So we're going to just start off kind of um, bouncing back and forth between Omni and Mosiah. Because Mosiah 9, 1 through 4, and Omni 1, 27 through 29 are very similar. Um, so we're going to get different information. We're going to get a few different um, details from each one, but it's pretty awesome. So um, let's see here. So we find out in verse um, 1 that Zenith was a spy. So I'm just going to jump over to Omni really quickly and, and start with Omni uh, 27. And now, 127, and now I would speak somewhat concerning a certain number who went up into the wilderness to return to the land of Nephi. For there was a large number who were desirous to possess the land of their inheritance. So there's this group that want to go back up to the land of Nephi. Wherefore, they went up to, into the wilderness, and their leader, being a strong and mighty man and a stiff-necked man, wherefore he caused a contention among them, and they were all slave, s slain, save 50, in the wilderness. And they returned again to the land of Zarahemla. Okay, now let's go read the personal account in um, 9, Mosiah 9, 1. So we find out that Zenith went with this first group and this this um, this other leader, okay? Now he, they're going up to the land of Nephi, and he's one of the spies that goes in to check out um, the Lamanites. He says, and having been sent been sent as a spy among the Lamanites, that I might spy out their forces that our army might come upon them and destroy them. But when I saw that which was good among them, I was desirous that I should desirous that they should not be destroyed. So he's sent as a spy, and he goes up there, and he's like, okay, there's good here. We don't need to destroy these guys. So in verse 2, Therefore I contended with my brethren in the wilderness, for I would that our rulers should make a treaty with them. But he, being an oster and a bloodthirsty man, commanded that I should be slain. Now, do you remember in Omni how it said he was a mighty man and a stiff-necked man and a, a strong and mighty man and a stiff-necked man? So there's this contention, and it's going to kill all but 50, okay, this war that's about to happen. So let's read about it in um, Mosiah. But I was rescued by the shedding of much blood, a lot of blood, because only 50 were, were saved in the end or left. Um, for father fought against father and brother against brother until the greater number of our army was destroyed in the wilderness. And we returned those of us that were spared to the land of Zarahemla. So those of us were spared was like only 50. There wasn't very many left because of this war. And this war, which we don't know in Omni, we didn't understand that it was because Zenith wanted to save the people, the Lamanites. So he wanted to make a treaty with them. But because of that decision, this strong and mighty leader wanted him killed. And so this war breaks out. Okay. So now um, in Omni, again, we're going to go back to Omni for just a second and read what we read in Omni. And then we're going to come back to what we read, what we, we learn a little bit more in Mosiah. So in Omni it says, And it came to pass that they also took others to a considerable number, and they took their journey again into the wilderness. And I, Amalekai, he's the one that's writing this part in Omni, had a brother who also went with them, and I have not since known concerning them. So we know that they went back out. So let's go back to Mosiah. Let's hear what they have to say. Um, and Mosiah 3, And yet I, being overzealous to inherit the land of our fathers, collected as many as was desirous to go up to possess the land, and started again on our journey into the wilderness to go up to the land. But we were smitten with famine and sore afflictions, for we were slow to remember the Lord our God. So they go back up 
into, they go back because um, they had the, the fight. They returned to Zarahemla and now he gathers more people and now Zenith now is the leader. Before he, there was another leader, but now Zenith's the leader and they head back up. So he goes and he talks to the king and he asks basically if he could have the land. The king says yes. The king um, not only gives him the land, but has his people leave the land um, of Lehi Nephi so that they can take it and Shilom. Now Shilom is, um, you often hear of the land of Nephi and Shilom. They must have been extremely close because they're talked about side by side. So if you're in a city where you know of another city that's super close, but they're kind of considered one, that's kind of what this would have probably looked like because they're often spoke of in the same sentences. Um, so they fix up the city. They rebuild it. They're hard, hard workers, right? And they're planting their corn and their wheat. This is verse nine. They're planting all kinds of things and they begin to multiply and prosper. Now in 11, we see that 12 years have passed. 12, we learn about the people of the Lamanites and how that they were a lazy people. It says, now they were a lazy and adulterous people, therefore they were desirous to bring us into bondage, that they might glut themselves with the labors of our hands, yea, that they might feast themselves upon the flocks of our fields. Now at this point, King Laman is the Lamanite um, king, and he's kind of stirring up his people because they want the spoils of the prosperity of the Zenithus and his people. Um, and in the 13th year, um, King Laman has some of his people um, go kill off some of the Zenith's people. It's in verse 14. It says, For in the 13th year of my reign, the land of Nephi, away on the south of the land of Shilom, when my people were watering and feeding their flocks and tilling their lands, a numerous host of Lamanites came upon them and began to slay them and to take off their flocks and the corn of their fields. Now, of course, these people are going to go back. And they're gonna be like, we can't just take, the, like, we can't just like let them kill us off. So those that remain from this, you know, massacre, go back um, to Zenith and like, we need help. So they begin to um, build all kinds of, um, in verse 16, weapons of all. It says, which we could invent, all manner of weapons which we could invent. So they go back and they start building everything they can. Um, in that time, it kind of looks like the Lamanites have continued to kind of. Um, take advantage of them because in verse 18 it talks about how there's a war and they were able to get them out of their land. So between the time that there's that battle where they just come in and just kill them and then they're building up their their um, weapons and stuff, there might have been a little bit more of that like coming in and taking advantage of them. So there's this war in 17 and 18. I love this part so much because the Zenith and his people go up in the strength of the Lord, you guys. Yea, in the strength of the Lord did we fight, go forth to battle against the Lamanites. For I and my people did cry mightily to the Lord that he would deliver us out of the hands of our enemies. Now I want you to forget this story and look at your life. Think about your life. Where do you need the strength of the Lord? Whatever your enemy looks like, whatever it is that you battle with every day, like we've talked about before, there's the fears, anxieties, uncertainties, um, depression. You can have addictions, um, anger, resentment, whatever that enemy is, in the strength of the Lord, you can go up against your enemies. And, and I love how it says, I my people to cry mightily to the Lord that he would deliver us out of the hands of our enemies. So cry mightily to the Lord, whatever it is that you're battling with. The Lord loves to help us fight our battles. He loves to give us that strength. It's in the strength of the Lord. I love that word in the strength of the Lord. The Lord loves to lend us strength. 
He loves to help us fight his battles. He loves to deliver us. That's one of his favorite things. And you see that throughout the entire Book of Mormon. It's one of my favorite threads in the Book of Mormon is this idea of deliverance. The Lord is mighty to save and he will deliver us. In 18, it says, and God did hear our cries and did answer our prayers and we did go forth in his might, his might and in his strength. They didn't have enough strength on their own. They were small compared to the Lamanites. Their numbers were not nearly as massive, right? They were small, but in his strength and with his might, they can combat, combat what, what they were, you know, the army. And it's the same with us. On our own, we often can't fight our battles. But in the strength of the Lord, we can. We can fight all of our battles. Um, and we find out in 18 that over 3,000 of the Lamanites were killed. And in 19, two, over 200 of Zenith's people were killed. That's a big difference. 3,200. The, the numbers, I think, were 3,043 and 279. So yes, some of the the people did die, but considerably less. So that's pretty awesome. Um, now... Because of this war, because of this experience, they begin to prepare, right? Um, we're going to move on to verse to chapter 10, and I want us to look at our lives. I don't know about you guys, but because of all the things that have happened, my list of things to prepare for the future has completely changed. <laughs> like what looked like before a three-month supply, I am now like, yeah, that's not so much a three-month supply. <laughs> so we can take our experiences of what is happening in our lives, and we could be like, Okay, what do we need to do differently? What can we do to prepare? And the preparation they're going to do right here is going to make a huge difference for them in the future. Um, so it says that they began to prepare for future. They're preparing for future guard, um, wars. They're setting up guards. Um, let's see, what are the exact words they're using here? I might have weapons. Oh, let's see here. And I caused that there should be weapons of war made of every kind, that thereby I might have weapons for my people against the time the Lamanites should come up again to war against my people. So, once again, we need to take note of our history, of the things that we've gone through, and make note of what we need to do to prepare for future events. And in verse 2, they set up guards. Um, so, verse 3, we find out that 22 years um, have passed since they've been in the land of Nephi. They've worked hard and they've prospered. We learn that in the next couple of verses. Um, so the Lamanite king is going to die and his son takes over and he's a lot more bloodthirsty. So he's going to rally his people and try to go up against the people of Zenith again. Now, Zenith's people aren't prepared this time. They have had that time to prepare and they now are ready. So once again, in our lives, we need to make note of what we can do to better our lives so we can better prepare spiritually and physically for things that are coming. Um, so he, they go up again in verse 10 in the strength of the Lord to battle. And that is the most important part of our preparation for anything in our lives is that we go forth in the strength of the Lord. Um, now, I want you guys to talk about, I want to talk about traditions a little bit. He is going to give us from about, well, let's just read a little bit of part of 10, the last sentence of 10 and 11. And it came to pass that we did go up in the strength of the Lord to battle. Now the Lamanites knew nothing concerning the Lord, nor the strength of the Lord. Therefore they depended upon their own strength. Yet they were a strong people as the strength of men. And they were a wild and ferocious and a bloodthirsty people. Believing in the traditions, this is 12, of their fathers, which is this, believing that they were driven out of the land of Jerusalem because of the iniquities of their fathers, and that they were wronged in the wilderness by their brethren, and that they were also wronged while crossing the sea. Now if you read all of the traditions that they were taught, all the things that they were taught, there's a lot of things that you could be like, yeah, that did happen. Wait, that, that Nephi did take over leadership there. Uh -huh. And like 
But it's the way that the, they were taught, that they spinned it, that they were wronged, that their people began to have this hatred towards the Nephites. So we need to be careful of gossip. So when we talk about people or when we, um, whatever our, whatever it is, <laughs> I can't really think off the top of my head, but we have to recognize that our children will take on that way of thinking. So the Lamanites have taken on this way of thinking that they have been wronged, right? And as you read through, mommy, some of those things really did happen mommy, that they mommy, were taught, but mommy, they were taught it with the idea that they were wrong. So they hate mommy, the Nephites. Mommy, mommy. And it says it in verse 17, and thus they have been taught, they have taught their children that they should hate them and that they should murder them and they should rob and plunder them and do all they could to destroy them. Therefore, they have eternal hatred towards the children of men. So we just need to be careful of the, the things that we teach our children because whether they're good or bad, they will take them with them. Um, and hopefully they're really good. Hopefully we teach them all the good things so they take those with them, like putting their trust in God and stuff like that. Um, 19, and now I, Zenith, after having told all these things to my people concerning the Lamanites, I did stimulate them to go to battle with their might, putting their trust in the Lord. Therefore, we did contend with them face to face. Yes. And then after that, they um, can they continue to prosper again, and um, he confers the kingdom upon his son Noah. Nope. So next week, we are going to be talking about nope. King Noah. So that will be interesting, because <laughs> he was not a righteous king. So I hope, I hope that that was an easy way to understand what's going on in these. It's kind of bounces back a little bit, and so because of the flashbacks, it's sometimes hard to understand, but I hope we were able to present it in a way that you can understand it, and we hope you'll join us next week to talk about King Noah. See you then.